Welcome into another episode of the Marvel Guys podcast. As always, I am Jordan, your host, and I am joined by the guy who knows it is better to be the cheese whiz than to whiz cheese. How are you doing today, Spencer? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. That was a good one. That was a good one. I like that one. Cheese <laughs> Take whiz. two, right? Take two. That that was tough. Um, yeah, I was so excited that we're going to be able to talk about episode eight of WandaVision. That I botched our total opening and we had to do it all over again. <laughs> Went a little off the rails immediately. I, I kind of wish you would have saved the clip. That would have made for some great like blooper reel stuff. That was awesome. Takes too much space on the computer. That's true. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I got too many files open. I, I can't keep track. I'm not a planner. I'm not mm. a planner. That's why I'm mm. doing a podcast because you just upload it and then... You're you're down the road. Well, I don't I have think, any notes what, what to look thing? back at, but I can always turn podcasts. What, what is the proverb? I got a couple of proverbs for you, actually. It's like the the one that I just thought of was like, if you uh, fail to plan, you plan to fail, right? What? Oh, that's one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I remember, I remember that. If you, if you, if you, if you fail to plan, and you plan to fail, perhaps, perhaps, right, right, right. But the best one that I heard, and I heard this recently. You don't like the cheese whiz one? <laughs> the cheese whiz one was great. I love that one. But the best one was, uh, <clears throat> it's only when a mosquito lands on a man's testicles that he realizes that he cannot solve all of his problems with violence. <laughs> Who brought the mosquito? There's your violence. But that's the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I love that one, though. That, that's a good one. How is it that the deadliest so animal in the world is the size of your pinky like fingernail. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Cause they, they carry so much. So much. Right, right, right. Just like WandaVision's kind of carrying Marvel our on its back <laughs> right, right now. now. <laughs> yeah. That's just like Wanda's carrying Vision's dead corpse Ooh. theoretically. Because theoretically. apparently it wasn't stolen, which we're going to get into and everything else. WandaVision episode eight. This is our what, 16th, I, I think, episode. We're very excited. Um, we learned how to drive. <clears throat> yeah. We are, we're on our way to uh, parental <laughs> success. So this episode was full of all kinds of cool stuff from the past that we've never actually seen before, but we've always just kind of known we're there um, in some way or another. That maybe weren't important to the storyline at hand, but now we were able to look back into, you know, some of Wanda's most present uh, memories and thoughts and feelings. Well, what was the main thing that stood out to you from this episode? Maybe a feeling or or something that you just took from it overall. Um, I, I think what I really enjoyed about this episode is kind of what I enjoyed about most things that I'm into and that's that you get into lore right like one of the coolest things that I can remember in, in recent memory for me was like the uh, recent run of like Darth Vader comics right because they're canonized so they tie into the Star Wars films but it shows that like that era of time that you don't see in the films between episode three and Rogue One going forward so you see like vader hunting down jedi who survived order 66 stuff like that uh while he's also dealing with losing uh his wife and and and, and all of this other stuff like well 
his wife, but like, <laughs> yeah. Um, like losing Padme was such a huge deal, huge, crucial blow to him. And that it's so cool though, because that's part that's stuff that you didn't see in the films, but it's canonized. So it's, it's real. Same thing with this, you know, we see from the very beginning of the episode, you see the backstory of Agatha Harkness throughout the episode. You see stuff from a character that we already have known for a while that we just never saw those little moments that made her who she is, which is always awesome. So I think that's my biggest takeaway is that like this was an awesome episode because it dealt with a lot of the, the background stuff that we don't really get into in the movies so much. I think the first thing I said when it was over finishing up was that it reminded me of a Christmas carol where, you know, you've got somebody confronting their past. And instead of the older man, you know, coming to terms with how he had been a grouch, um, it was a woman who has to go back through all the trauma and pain and sorrow that she's endured. Um, it's really cool because we don't have a Scarlet Witch movie. Hmm. Um, and we never got a backstory at all because they were thrust into a, an immediate battle with the Avengers back in Age of Ultron. And I mean, when I first saw her, I don't know about you, but when I first saw Scarlet Witch, again, you know, you with the comic background, me with more of the MCU uh, interest, mm-hmm. it was like, whoa, this, this, girl's really cool like she's yeah. bending stuff with her mind and you know pietro was was cool in his own right speed is is awesome don't get me wrong but when you see a girl like bending reality you're like oh there's something there that's interesting um and so we immediately had super powerful wanda um and we got to know her and love her as an avenger eventually but to this day you know or to yesterday i guess um to be more accurate we didn't know exactly what made her who she is you know we we heard and we had um ideas and source material but now we finally got to see not only where her powers came from but why they're so strong Mm -hmm. because we've noticed that there's one thing in the mcu that we can point to every single turn good guy bad guy doesn't matter it's that pain within breeds a stronger superpower Mm -hmm. superpowers are almost like in harry potter where the wand chooses you like it's drawn to what you have inside of you and so when agatha was referencing so you were born a witch you know you were a baby but if you didn't you know have that power tapped it would have slowly faded away right and so that mind stone it it was drawn to the kinetic energy in her heart that was just probably full of combustible sorrow (laughs) for lack of a better term and we just got to see what happens when you combine just hardships over and over and over and desperation with somebody who already has a power gene within them along with a power source that's the first time that we've really gotten to see that that archetypal journey from one character and fitting that it would go to the one who's gone through the most trauma, the Mm -hmm. Scarlet Witch. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and to your point that you made a little bit earlier when you were talking about how, uh, when we first saw them, the first saw the twins in age of Ultron, 
isn't it kind of crazy that she literally gave us one of the most, if not the most impactful scene in the MCU's history right off the cuff when she toys with Tony Stark's mind and he sees his future or what could be his future. Like that is so powerful. What a powerful scene. And yeah, man, like this episode, man, it's, I think we've said this every episode, but I think this is one of the better ones that we've seen. Um, And it it ranks right up there with uh, what was it? Episode six where we see like the blip, like what happened? No, after six the was second? the Halloween. I believe that was episode That's, four that we saw the um, Monica reappearing. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, that one. I think those two episodes right there, just for what they tie in to what we've already seen, uh, they're, they're instantly the most impactful episodes so far. This was the end game of this series. This was the the movie, the end game of this series, mm. where everything we've been learning about has culminated in this. The battle scene is going to be fun. The final episode is going to contain some sort of battle, obviously. Um, and that's going to be really fun to watch. But this was this was Deathly Hallows Part 1. This was the story that we needed to tie all the loose ends that we've had, all the questions that we've had throughout the last, uh, what, seven weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Um, or, no, five, six weeks. Cause Only five, six weeks combination. with the first two. But, yeah. yeah. Um, so this episode was so important because... Um, we were left with the cliffhanger of Agatha was the one manipulating things all along. Um, but, you know, from these commercials, from every little hint that this was Wanda falling into this deep depression, what happens when a witch with unlimited power wants everything to change and has nobody to tell her not to, you know? Um, well, we found out that when you also include a second witch that is putting depressive energy and you know using spells and and herbs and things to depress her mind then you can get a whole lot of sustained um issues and so we we got to see the initial blast and we'll go kind of scene by scene and talk about everything but um this was the 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 episode we had to have mm-hmm. this was the episode that everybody was waiting um to find out what the heck how did this all start? You know, this is not necessarily something you can take from a source material and go, that's, that's how it's going to be. You know, this was a different thing that they got going on here. They've taken elements from all different stories and comics, but now we really got to find out every little piece of every episode prior, there was something off and we couldn't piece it together in this episode. Finally, we get our answer. So that was my biggest takeaway personally was like, this felt like the end game where it's, it's, completely story-based um the action sequences were simply just a retelling of things that have already happened so it's not like we're breaking any new ground but we did get to see really really important pieces of scarlet witch's life and you are now starting to see that scarlet witch she came on at a perfect time in the series to where she has really elevated the mcu in her story arc now, you know, we had Captain America start with his um, unbelievable story that culminated in Endgame, um, but now you're getting that second, de- you know, second tier of characters mm-hmm. where Wanda got here a little bit earlier than like Doctor Strange, um, around the same time as uh, Black Panther, mm-hmm. and but the thing about her is she has 
all these cool um, abilities that's going to launch us into the next phase. Right. I mean, how could you not be geeked by this? This is our first show. Yeah. WandaVision is the first show. And this is what an appetizer. Like, if in into that point, if that's where we're starting off, what's to come for yeah, where are we going Winter Soldier? Here. You know, what's the what's to happen with these other series that are coming up? Like, oh my goodness, we we have four movies by the way coming out this year. If if everything isn't delayed, it's so exciting. So there there's a lot of stuff happening right now, but Wanda like. Oh, this was such a necessary and awesome episode that just, oh my gosh, I can't. And I mean, it's not even like it was that crazy. It was just cool. It was, it was amazing. And in, in the way that, like you said, it's like very storytelling type of episode. It was, it was something that you always kind of want. You never get because you always want to know what happened here. What mm-hmm. happened then? And so I feel lucky that we, they didn't have to give us this now, you know, um, but to, to get it was really, really cool because they could have just added it up to this is how she created it. But we got to see all her memories from all those, you know, traumatic uh, sequences. Whereas, you know, we're going to, we're going to go back in time with Black Widow and see what she had going on. And that's a whole movie. That's, that's a storyline. But here we got, it's like, She's in her prime right now, so we're we're getting a more well developed um, Wanda Maximoff storyline, and she deserves every bit of it. Um, I mean, it's it's been fantastic. I, I've I've been super excited so far. I know some people fell off the wagon the first couple episodes because they're a little concerned about the action, mm. and they're telling you right now, <laughs> don't go anywhere. This is impeccable storytelling. It's fun to watch. Um, you still got the two sides of the the coin with the um, outsiders with sword and the people on the inside of the hex. There's going to be some fireworks in the last episode. Um, I really can't wait to find out what's to come, but we'll uh, we'll discuss more with this episode. So I guess for for starters, um, we got to see Agatha uh, continue her draken like speech, as I said, for any Kim Possible lovers. Um, <laughs> it felt like she was talking too long at first. I was like, OK, you're. You're speaking a little bit long there. Who, who's going to come around the corner and like knock her upside the head with a frying pan? Yeah. Um, so she kind of put a spell bind on on Wanda and let her know immediately your magic's no good here. I have a I have a charm that is not going to allow you to do any magic, so don't even think about it. And then she basically is trying to get Wanda to open up about how did you do this? How did you create this? This is who I am. This is who you are. You didn't think you're the only one with powers, whatnot. Um, and then she basically threatens Wanda with killing the kids or, you know, just insinuating that your kids are locked up and they're in another room. And if you don't do what I say, something's going to happen. You know, she doesn't really say anything, but, um, I think immediately you said those aren't the kids because they started talking right when she made them. Yeah. Um, and, and that was like a dead giveaway to me that something's off with these kids like but but i will say i i think it's kind of cool like they for my uh anime fans this was very like reminiscent of like jujitsu kaisen where like wanda tries to use her magic and it's like nah you're in my domain like this is my domain my stuff works here 
you you're you're worthless. That that was cool. You're worthless. Yeah. Ouch. Like you're you you do nothing here. You're under my yeah. <laughs> so I, I thought that was pretty neat. But yeah, I think um right off the cuff it just didn't seem right that okay, she's got these kids locked in a basement and they've been making a lot of noise in this basement. So obviously the kids would know that their mom is down there. Why right. haven't they made a peep until she says something? So I don't know. I think maybe the kids are somehow tied into a bigger play right now. Uh, maybe not from Agatha, maybe from Agatha, but like we'll have to see like towards the end, like at the end of the episode, obviously things shifted a little bit different. My opinion on that shifted just a little bit, but not a lot. I, I, I There's something up with those kids. I don't, I don't know. And I, I think, think we can, we can both agree that they're not, fully developed humans that are just mm. going to walk out of this thing un unscathed yeah, yeah unscathed right, right um i think it's wait and see on what they are going from the source material they were basically spawns of mephisto um and so a lot of people have been pointing towards that but let's clarify they have not been following that strict storyline no um in wandavision nor have they ever followed a strict storyline um to I mean, a T, you know. When we get into the ending of the episode and the end credit scenes too, I mean, you're gonna look at you what what's happening right here is they're just pulling from multiple source materials and creating one story out of multiple things. As they should. As they should, exactly. Because if you take one aspect from one comic from one writer and you just make a movie off of that, it's kind of boring. Because, well, I've already read yeah, that. What's I've the already difference? seen that. What's the difference here? Oh, it's just, oh, Chris Evans is Captain America. That's <laughs> that's it. It's not two-dimensional. That's it. Like, you know. But um, And it's it's easy to tell what's coming. Right. I mean, why why should right. I see this movie? It looks cool, sure. But that's that's not what their job is. Their job is to interpret the best parts of certain comics. Mm-hmm. And comics have, in a way, comics are built to fail over and over and over. Just if you have that one success, that's that's, that's all it. That matters. Right. That's all it takes. But a, a movie has to be more perfect, more uh, scrutinized, and more exact. So yeah, taking bits and pieces from many different comics is really um, that's that's the fun part because that keeps us guessing what's next. Um, and yeah, these kids, we'll find out. We'll, we'll certainly find out very soon. Um, the first place that we got taken by Wanda, uh, Agatha opens a door to Sokovia. Um, back when Wanda and Pietro were little kids. And this is a, a heart-wrenching scene because you know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, at, as soon as you see, you know, some fighting outside, it's like confirmed in your brain, but you knew we're going through some bad memories. Something's happening to the parents. Yep. Um, and so, but you could go through this scene detail by detail because immediately it confirms our suspicions that she and the family always watched sitcoms growing up. Uh, but more specifically, Wanda's favorite things to watch were sitcoms. And um, there was a lot of source material there. Dick Van Dyke, uh, I Love Lucy, yeah. uh, Malcolm in the Middle, and I, thought- I Dream of Jeannie. You know, everything that we've seen so far was referenced right. um, when she was a kid. I thought what was really neat was that the house that they've lived in this whole time was kind of based off of the house from Dick Van Dyke's show. Like you can clearly see that when they go through that episode, 
Um, and you know, the, 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 the poetry of the episode that she chooses as a little kid to watch where, you know, it's the episode of Dick Van Dyke where all this stuff is happening, all this crazy stuff's happening in this episode. And then he wakes up and it was all just a dream. And later to find out that that's kind of what her motivation was, uh, as a kid when, when things, when the, you know, metaphorical poo hit the fan, uh, that was kind of her, uh, uh, what, what would the word be like? Optimistic escapism. Yeah. Something like that to, to keep the optimism there. Um, yeah, that, that makes total sense. And, and the fact that she was growing up in like poor rundown Sokovia as it was being like bombed, mm-hmm. um, specifically by, uh, you know, stark weaponry. Mm-hmm. Um, she had to think positively. She had to use her brain to imagine things that weren't there. And so I have a feeling that contributed heavily towards her powers. I'm guessing she was born with powers. And then you're kind of, you develop them into, you know, your interests or your abilities or whatever you do on a daily basis. And I'm sure half the battle was her trying to picture a better world for herself and her family. I'd love to add to that. Mm-hmm. Where else have we seen this before? The exact same type of story. A kid. All right. So I'm going to give you a couple of things right here. Sure. A kid born with powers doesn't really know they have those powers, but they go through a horrible, horrible historical event that sh- that kind of shapes who they are, shapes their being, their mindset but also is where they learn they have the powers. I don't know why I'm blanking right now. Are we talking Marvel? Marvel. We're talking Marvel. We're talking not MCU, though, is what I'm getting from your Marvel. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Top of my head, I'm not sure. Magneto. Okay. He was a boy born with powers, didn't really know he had them until... His mother and father were stripped from him during the Holocaust. And he reaches out to for them and by doing so actually rips the hinges and door off of this giant gate. And that's when he learned he could bend metal. So like the connections right now with Scarlet Witch, Magneto. Okay. That, like that's strong right now. Very strong because they've they've given little hints all season long, all season, you know, about Magneto's blood might be in there. Mm -hmm. Because if she's born with these traits, like they claim that she is, right, then that's a mutant gene. That's not just some superhero thing. Like, like in the MCU, the MCU superheroes, they're not born with anything. Not most of them. No, far, so I far, mean, you yeah. could say Tony Stark was born into wealth, <laughs> but I mean, what is that? Right, and we're like, starting to get into that territory where it's like, yeah, Monica, how'd you just do that? <laughs> you know, right. um, and now suggested that Pietro yeah. and Scarlet might have just been born with all this ability, but not like, able to harness it. The only one that I can think of right now that was born with something is Thor, because he was right. born yeah, because his dad god. is a god. That's the only thing. So like. We're, we're kind of getting into that territory with, with Wanda of 
okay, this is a mutant. A mutant. This is that's the term different. we need to look out for because yes. they didn't used to have the rights to the word mutant. Right. They couldn't say it, and that's why they said enhanced. Mm-hmm. Back in Ultron, they said the enhanced are on the move. The enhanced, Bubba. Yes. Now, if you hear the word mutant, which I wonder if it culminates with, um, you know, Wanda. Basically saying, let there be mutants, and <laughs> we might get something crazy at the end. Right. We'll get to that. Um, there is another connection that I'd like to make later on when sure. we get to the end, for sure. Yeah, yeah uh, well, there's going to yeah. be a long episode. Oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> there's so much to go over because each scene is really- Each scene uh, is impactful. Yeah. yeah, and they're they're long scenes. Like There's only really four parts to this whole movie, mm-hmm. and they're all Agatha and, and Wanda discovering different things at different times. Um, but still in Sokovia, we're not even to the <laughs> the scary part yet. I mean, they're as you said, they're kind of shaped by this episode and um, this this sitcom stuff. And she's super excited to watch the sitcoms. It sounds like they watch them every single night. Um, and they are struck out of nowhere with just. I mean, it could have been anything because nothing really happens. You just hear a loud noise and they just kind of disappear. You know, they go straight down and um, everything's demolished. Everything's demolished. And so you see Wanda and Pietro climbing under what's left, I guess, of their house or apartment or table. Um, <clears throat> and so all they do, they, they see this bomb that's on the ground beeping. And as she said uh, in the past movie where she goes, when I was basically finding out if I was going to die or not, all I could do was read the word Stark. And that's why she was like propagandist, you know, trying to kill uh, the Avengers. Um, So we get to see that moment. How cool is that? You know, we get to hear it and now we get to see it. And she is, you know, kind of watching the TV that's still playing the Dick Van Dyke show, the one that she selected and waiting to see if this bomb goes off. And she starts to reach out towards the bomb. And as soon as she reaches out and, you know, her hand's out there for a second, she gets pulled back by Agatha back into, you know, present day. And she basically asks her, did you defuse the bomb? Did you deactivate the bomb? Agatha's trying to figure out this whole, she wants to know everything about this powerful witch that she doesn't completely understand. So what her suggestion was is that uh, Wanda, born a, a witch with some powers, um, had this bomb the ability to use her probability magic to make it so it wouldn't activate because she was there, I think she said for two days. Two days. Um, and the bomb did not go off. And she thought, because why wouldn't she? She thought that it, she just got lucky. And Agatha is basically telling us in, in her own way, you stopped that bomb. Mm-hmm. You know, so... We got a little bit of probability magic in there, and Agatha Agatha is almost like our narrator in this episode. She's telling us who Wanda is bit by bit. So um, I guess to just wrap up that whole first scene, um, what was your biggest takeaway? Um, biggest takeaway would just be the, the tie-ins that we see like with, with her seeing, like, you know, as a kid that she had an interest in, like, sitcoms and stuff like that and actually seeing the moment that you just talked about because like you said i mean we heard about it a lot we never saw it and to actually see it and and to experience it 
was was amazing. Like that scene where the bomb goes off behind them and it blows them back and it kills their parents like out of nowhere, right? <laughs> like that hurt. Yeah. Because yeah. you saw the parents and the kids interacting and yeah. you're like, "Oh, this is really nice. This, you know, it's Sokovia and they're they're happy." And then all of a sudden, I mean, it's just everything's gone. Yeah. And it made it and you have to remember Wanda is living it. She is basically being forced by Agatha to be her younger self and have those happy memories for a moment and then it's all taken away from her again. Um that hurt. So, yeah, in totality that first scene gave us a lot of what we've been missing over the years, um things we've heard but never got to see. And Agatha is not she's this isn't sufficient. This isn't enough for her. So, this it it did give me that impression that I had all along from the series from the get go and that this was going to be facing depression and stuff like that. And one of those steps that you have to take, uh, because when we talk like in real life about depression, like there really isn't a beating it or a conquering it. There's a like understanding it and learning to cope and exist with it. And part of that process is facing what causes it. And that's like the hardest thing. So in a very weird way, Agatha is actually helping Wanda tremendously by forcing her to go through this again, because I think that that's going to be the end goal and the end game with Wanda and how she becomes, she goes from pseudo villain to, massive hero again is going through the trauma again but this time coming out of it with a different perspective this time coming out of it with a different uh spin on life possibly i like that yeah she's getting a a sense of closure that she never had before Mm -hmm. because she just had trauma after trauma after trauma um but this this emotional beating of seeing her parents die again and seeing her brother she lost was not enough for Agatha. So next she opens up another door and we're going back to the days when Wanda was being experimented on. Um, The first thing that uh, we noticed was she looked pale. She looked sick. Um, Definitely they were just kind of treating her like a prisoner and keeping her locked up, probably not fed very well. And one thing that they mentioned that we caught the second time we watched it was that every single person had died that they tried this experiment on. So they were willing to just give up lives to find somebody who was able to harness or just withstand the impact of being near an infinity stone. So I don't know if they had a goal necessarily, but they were willing to just let people die in the pursuit of finding somebody that might be able to fight against a Captain America, uh, a, a Stark, because at the time it was probably, you know, late Howard and early Tony. So a lot of interesting things that we discovered in that little scene. And I think the biggest takeaway is that she might have been the only person in that that area along with her brother 
to survive the experiments. Mm -hmm. And so, she, because there's only two left yeah. when we see them later on. So a lot of people died and she was the survivor, which brings to question, what are they? So one thing that I thought was interesting that I don't think it's talked about enough is, you know, when we first see Hydra in, what is it, Captain America, the first Avenger? Uh, yes. There... So there's this discussion of uh, Red Skull and his group that would ultimately become Hydra and the Nazi regime led by Adolf Hitler, right? At one point, Red Skull's working as a Nazi like commander or general. Yes. And then he breaks off. He got too so crazy. The, yeah. The thing is, is that they're For trying, Adolf Hitler. <laughs> yeah. In a too way, much. But this is the funny thing about it is they're, they, they've always tried to spin it as like in the comics and in the MCU that Hydra is a worse version of the Nazi regime. However, however, the Nazis also experimented and did some really crazy things with the people that they took prisoner and held captive. You bet. They weren't people to them. Right. They were numbers. Exactly. They were numbers. So this was very similar to something like that. So I don't think that uh, Hydra is worse than the Nazi regime, but I would think that they would be equals at this point because of everything that's been going on. But to get back to the story purposes, like I, th I think that this definitely shows that Wanda is and always was a mutant, that she's not just some, you know, random person that's exposed to an infinity stone and then gets powers. No, that's, that's not what, what's going on here. She already had powers. It was just, you know, when you're not, uh, how would you put this? So if you're like, okay, if your father is, or mom, is a famous sports athlete, like crazy good. LeBron James and Bronny James. How about that? Yeah. But let's say Bronny James never picks up a basketball. Yeah. So he might have something there, but we'll never know it if he doesn't pick up a basketball. Right. So that's the same thing that we have here. Like, I think that this is obvious that Wanda and Pietro are the daughter and son of a mutant. And I don't think that those parents that they had are their actual parents, their biological parents. Might have least. had to escape. Right. Right. And wanted a better life for their kids. Exactly. Um, and from everything that we know from Magneto which is always going to be presumed to be the real father in his life. Trying to create a family is like impossible because you know, at some point he's going to be exposed as, Oh, you're Magneto. You're the guy that killed JFK. You're the guy that escaped and did all this crazy stuff and, and held humankind, you know, captive basically. And, and he always, the, the, no matter where he goes and what he does, the arc of his story is doesn't trust humans. Yeah. You know? And though, yes, that seems silly, like leaving his kids to a human, he would trust well, his kids' abilities to it's, thrive it's, in it's any situation, I'm sure. 
it's not that he doesn't trust humans. It's just that every circumstance where he begins to, he's thrown another curveball. Right. Like in every instance that he's had a child, he's obviously trusted a human because he's with a woman who's not a mutant. And they fall in love. They have a child together. And then all of a sudden something happens in his life that, you know, like, um, in uh, X-Men Apocalypse, that's a great example because he settles down. He has a wife. He has a daughter. He's working a job and he saves another, his co-worker's life. He saves his life, but he used his powers. And because he used his powers, he's now depicted as a villain by the same people yeah. that he just saved. That was in The Incredibles. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, that's that's exactly. very typical. So you scare me. Ex- yep. I can't control you. Yep. And I, I will say that that's one of the most gut wrenching, heart wrenching scenes in all of any movie I've ever seen, but also one of the coolest scenes ever too, when he uses like the, the, the necklace and kills every single one of those dudes. That was insane. But, um, yeah, I think, I think that, uh, that Wanda's definitely a mutant. And I think this confirms it because why else would that like if an infinity stone was to reach out to a, just a normal human being, why can no other human being hold an infinity? Yeah. What, what was Red Skull? He was human. That's the one exception, but it turned him into, you know, like he was like a mutilated it was ugly. <laughs> yeah. He was a mutilated human. He wasn't like he was a human being for sure, but he wasn't like a mutant of any kind. Yeah. He was just kind of like he's a the only non special right. like person that's been able to even hold an infinity stone and not be start to be disintegrated. Yeah. Um he, I can't think of anybody else. I mean, he all that really happened to him was it was the soul stone for sure. Because and that might have been banished. part of the reason it revealed his internal, yeah. you know, his ugliness on his outside. He didn't really, it, it just casted him out. It didn't allow him to possess it. That That's the only thing. But yeah, he's the only one that's actually kind of, kind of held yeah. the Infinity Stone because of their power. Right. So, he never truly possessed it, but right. he definitely was around it constantly and, yeah. you know, touched it and was able to kind of dance around it. Mm-hmm. But so, that's it. Uh, yeah, there, there's no way that she's not mutant now because it just wouldn't make sense. And 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 that's the biggest thing with the MCU and Marvel right now is continuity. Why would they kind of throw that out the window just for Wanda, you know? So I think this confirms that she's a mutant. I do too. I, I agree. Um, I think they're holding off on... It's got to be a tightrope that they're walking right now because I think X-Men is still a ways away. I think they're prioritizing Fantastic Four first. 100%. Um, but WandaVision such an easy tie. And this, the end of this series, if they wanted to go straight to X-Men, they could potentially just turn her into you know a total reality changer and create all these different worlds in one in which X-Men and X, you know, mutants and X-Genes, they all exist. Um, doesn't look like we're going that way right now just because of what's ahead and the roadmap that we have ahead of us. But It easily could, though. 
it could. It just it would take some time. That the only issue really to me personally is that Doctor Strange is her most immediate project, mm-hmm. and it's like how heavy do you want to go X Men with Doctor Strange? I, I don't think that's the story I, that they're looking at. So maybe you could hint at it at the end of the series, and then. She could kind of go a little bit bad for Doctor Strange or something and then come back around to it. I don't know. It's hard. You want to go all in with the X-Men right. as soon as you like if you get that hint, you don't want to just like wait and yeah. wait and wait. You wanna you wanna see it all. The thing with it though, too, is we've we've kind of seen this thing. Like uh well, like what we're going through right now with Star Wars, you know? Like uh I got to say real quick while we're on this topic, too. I am so sorry, Izzy, that I spoiled Mandalorian for you. Uh, Ouch. Yeah. Wow. Um, But it's fine, you know, I guess. Like, she said that she didn't really have too big of a plan. Like, it wasn't a big deal for her to watch it. Like, she wasn't immediately. So, but... Um, if you've been wanting to watch it and you haven't, you know, here's your little spoiler warning or whatever, but like with, with Mando, it's like, okay, so Luke, Luke has been training. So what we know is like Luke is training Ben Solo and all this stuff. How does this tie in with Grogu and all of this stuff? Cause like, if we're going off of that timeline, Grogu probably dies from Ben Solo, which would throw everybody off their rails. They would be so upset if Grogu dies to Ben Solo, because that's canonically what happens is, you know, well, we don't really know yet, but I mean, if we're following that story arc, yes, because Ben Solo destroys everything in uh, Luke's temple. So, the thing with it and where I'm going with this is Mandalorian season three may not have that much of Grogu and Luke in it anymore. So that's going to be kind of put on the back burner. So, I mean, technically speaking in episode nine, you could have Magneto pop up and then just kind of put a little bit on the back burner because of all these other things that are going on. And you can pick that back up anytime you want to. Because I agree. That is, this is obviously where X Men originates. Has to be. Yeah. Because she's the first mutant that we've seen. And she has the powers to create right. anything that they want to introduce them. And when you get into Doctor Strange, you're talking more multiverse stuff. So this is obviously the beginning point for where the X Men pop off for the MCU, for sure. And you could see, yeah, at the end of this. It's like we've gone in circles here, but like if Magneto gets a 20 second cameo and at the end it's basically Wanda just going berserk and creating all these things accidentally, all these realities or whatever it is. And Magneto is basically going, it's okay. You come with me. Mm-hmm. You know, we understand you. Um, and, you know, he, he basically can lead her to you know, for lack of a better term, the land of the X-Men, you know, the X-Mutants or whatever. You know what? Then, you know, we could potentially see that. And then, then with Doctor Strange, he could make sense of the alternate realities 
with her and also try to understand what the heck did you just do <laughs> because you just created a bunch of things and you have to understand your powers and perhaps she could even train with Doctor Strange with Magneto like the possibilities become endless and and the cool thing about Doctor Strange is that you could do anything like he he is not not in control of all these realities but he monitors them and she is kind of accidentally in control of a, uh, I mean, the hex itself is a reality. Yeah. We're seeing like alternate reality for the first time ever. When, when you see something go through that thing and it's a different thing that the physics have changed. Yes. Then that's an alternate reality. It just so happens to be in New Jersey. Yeah. So we'll see how that's treated. But I, I don't I, think I, Dr. Strange takes too kindly to alter alternate realities being created in mm, New Jersey. Oh, no, 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 absolutely not. Because you don't know the... I think we covered this in a previous episode. We did. But because you don't know the repercussions of creating something like that. You really don't. And she accidentally and she created accidentally it. So it. he so, needs to take notice of this fast. But the thing with it, too, that we're kind of missing a little bit is if Magneto pops up, we know for 100% fact that like Magneto is quite manipulative. So if he takes her under his wing, then we're talking Brotherhood of Mutants all over again. Can I then make she becomes a villain. One of my best metaphors ever yes. would be a, a father that's not in somebody's life, and then they see they're about to get drafted to the NBA, and they go, <laughs> that's my boy. Yeah, that's my boy. <laughs> and I mean, Magneto's like, yeah. you're creating realities now? Uh, <laughs> oh, you're not, you know, just a, a teenager with daddy issues. Like, right. come on back, you yeah. know? That's, yeah, exactly. That was the first thing that came to mind. Exactly. That's the first thing. I mean, because it's kind of his MO. You know, like, look at, uh, it's just once again going off of those Fox films. Uh, look at his relationship with Peter. Like, he doesn't really even acknowledge him until close to the end. Um, and he, like, doesn't even it's it's just not really like a fulfilling moment but it's like that's him that's magneto like it's uh it's just kind of he's such a interesting and odd character uh i i really hope that they do something with him i i would love man that would i would go crazy if he pops up in episode nine i would go nuts if he popped up in episode nine, I don't think it'll happen, but, um, I, I mean, there's still, from what we've been teased about, I mean, there's still that, that one cameo that we don't really know yet. And I'm so intrigued. They've got me, too. me, man. All the they promos mean, that they've done. You, they, watch it. Uh, I would hate it if he's referring to himself. No, he couldn't be. He like do he's that. just kind of throwing some smoke. I mean, he become... could be a female character too. Like we uh, we haven't really be. discussed that, but yeah, I don't know. It, the thing with the, the the word cameo, like I said, we were talking about this earlier. The, the word cameo it obviously infers that this person has not been in the series so far, and that it'll be short, and that it'll be short. And we've heard all along that there's going to be some kind of Luke Skywalker esque scene in Episode Nine here, so. Uh, man, it's just the, the the anticipation is crazy right now for what's about to happen. Absolutely. Um, as we journey deeper into the episode, um, she noticed basically 
okay, you were a baby witch, you got your powers, but you know you harnessed them because of this infinity stone. That's why you're so gosh darn powerful. Mm-hmm. She's good with that. She's like, okay, that's pretty good. I want more. So she leads us to the next, you know, what's behind that door? It is Vision and Wanda at the Avengers compound, which um, puts us back into like Civil War era where basically they kept Vision and Wanda locked up, mostly Wanda, Mm -hmm. um, post Lagos, which um, is really interesting because we didn't get to see much of them at all at that time because she was locked up. Um, And so we got to see Vision basically consoling her. And he said a really sweet, you know, line about basically how, you know, going through something horrible is just you trying to get to the better part of it, you know, right? paraphrasing from sorrow and pursuing, you know, love. It just shows like, yeah, like he said, like it kind of just shows that you, you love and that you have passion. So. Um, yeah. In yeah, the absence so of love would be sorrow. Right, right, right. Um and, and such a such a cool scene once again. Because like you said, I mean, we got like what one scene from Civil War where they were together and they were like making the oh, what what was the dish that they made? I can't remember. It was a it was a Sokovian yeah. like gumbo, basically. Yeah, and yeah. he didn't know He didn't know what it was. And he couldn't eat. Yeah, so. he, he's never eaten. So and <laughs> paprika was yeah. like the the that was ingredient, the, the spice that yeah. she was using. And that um, was yeah, we got I, I love that stuff. It always your, reminds me of like uh the real world or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we always talk about like what would the Avengers be like if they were all living together? With Big and, brother. Yeah, you could like literally <laughs> just make that show, and I think it would do great on Disney Plus. Oh, that would be um, awesome! It'd be hilarious, you know. Oh. It's like the old commercials with the basketball players, like Dude. Derek Rose and Rajon Rondo. Those were hilarious. Legends House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Legends always House. a good thing, yeah. and it was nice. It was really nice to see that moment because we didn't get a whole lot. Um, frankly, remember in Infinity War, they basically skipped two years and said we've just been on our own. Right. You know, we didn't know what was going on between them. Um, they were just trying to live their life, and that's partially probably why they gave them the show to extend more time into just them. But yeah, it was really nice to see that um, that episode or that that part of the episode was not so much about um, her pain uh, presently because it was when Pietro died, and so she was trying to get through that. But I think it, it was all kind of a part of like. Lagos, Pietro, she's in a a country she's never been in before. She was just dealing with an awful lot. And that also showed the spark of the love between Vision and Wanda initially. Um, because we didn't really see that. And it was almost kind of weird at first because you're like, what this is like uh Beauty and the Beast kind of a thing, because like she's locked up and Vision's the only one to talk to, and <laughs> they kind of fall for each other. And are, are they meant to be? Or are they like arranged marriage because they're both from the Mind Stone, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to see that like he was legitimately there, a, a robot, a, like a silly robot that was confronting her with these um, sonnets, yeah. <laughs> you know. And yeah. so in a time where she was devastated and the other Avengers were all fighting each other, and though she participated, it was like she was probably like, all right, we got to, let's get back home, you know, back yeah, to the hotel Yeah, pretty much. Um, like, it was just it was interesting to see that 
she was all alone and vision was the only thing there keeping her from perhaps creating the the reality at that time who knows kind of shows that like man these other superheroes really don't care <laughs> like yeah. here you have a super powerful being that has gone through horrible trauma there are a litany of superheroes on the roster at that moment that could easily be like yo i know exactly what you're going through let me help you out none of them did right <laughs> like that might be part of it too because they're all going you had three family members die so what right, right. i did too yeah you know get out there you I know mean, thor is like hey man <laughs> come on <laughs> come on and yeah. captain america's like i don't even know anybody because all my people died exactly that long ago, ago and, and yeah. bucky's like i accidentally killed thousands of people <laughs> I'm a murderer, you know? That, yeah. You know, everybody's yeah. got their issues. Black but, Widow, who's got her own issues. Oh, yeah. I mean, she was tortured. Right. And, so, and forced, again, to kill thousands of oh, people. And, yeah. and Clint Barton, well, he's like the one dude Clint's that has no excuse. Like, your family the, died. We get it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't go around just killing people because you're upset. Uh, but, hey. But I mean, at that time, too, that's the funniest part of it. At that time, too, think about that. Clint's the only one who really hasn't gone through anything at that moment. He was chilling. He was just chilling. He had the best job in the world. Right. He was like the equipment manager of like Alabama's football team. Yes, exactly. He went to all the games, did all the cool stuff. He didn't actually really do anything like hard. He was just kind of manual labor rooting on the team. And then for a line, a pick, like a, like a pick me up line, you know, like, like he gave to Wanda. Right, and he got um, everybody back. Yeah, this dude killed all these people, and, and he, he got, got his whole family back. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's he's the uh, only one that suffered no loss post. Well, okay, he Black lost Widow. Black Widow, but honestly, did, did he? They were close in a professional manner, right? But I don't honestly think that they were like best friends. I mean, I, he was married. I think, but they were they were no doubt close, and you know they did have. Um, I think uh, not Bonnaroo. Where did they go? <laughs> What's the famous line that they're always like? Well, that that's not quite how I remember Budapest. Right? Budapest, Budapest. Bonnaroo. <laughs> Bonnaroo. <laughs> that, that wasn't Budapest. That one time at Bonnaroo. So yeah, um, <laughs> the, the so just smashed. He did. He lost his family, and then he lost his best friend. I guess or, you know, even though he didn't really have any best friends, it was just Black Widow. Um, I, I think that's that tough. The Black Widow loss would have been more impactful for Captain America because they were the ones that were super close. Well, the Hulk. And yeah, the that Hulk would have been sure the ultimate. Too. But we saw that. He just I don't know chucked a freaking Captain America like internalizes a lot of things. He does. I don't know if he was like actually uh, outwardly upset. Like the dude literally, he's such a good person. Everybody dies and he's lost literally everything in his life. And he's like, Let's make group therapy circles. <laughs> Whales are back. Did you hear? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. He's the epitome of optimism. Yeah, like annoying yeah. optimism. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we got to see Vision and Wanda um, in their infancy, not like those horrifying Vision pictures that we saw earlier in the season, but in the infancy of their love um, and previous to their marriage, previous to Infinity War. Uh, it was just kind of a cool little window into what they were doing that whole time and the sorrow part of it was that wanda was dealing with yet another lost family member pietro and so there we go we got the three things that happened in the past christmas you know ghost has has come and gone and now agatha goes okay now i know who you are how the heck did you do this yep and she basically this is where she needed to 
she felt like Wanda was close to breaking. And so she was like pushing her. She was like, come on, I know you got it in you. Like you need to blah, blah, blah. And she's pushing her. And eventually Wanda goes, I need to, like she basically said exactly what Agatha said to her. So she, there's almost some mind trickery going on there. And all of a sudden this door opens up and we are at S.H.I.E.L.D. Sword. 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 Five That's letter acronyms. We're already acronym. bad with names on this show. <laughs> Don't give me name acronyms. Uh just wait till we get to like uh, aim in. in yeah. Uh, oh God. Yeah. That's, that'll be. That's too much. So basically, we got to sword. She, you know, pushes her way inside. She's like, disregard your little well, code. She was allowed in. She was allowed in. Yep. But she was just like, ah, we don't need a code. Yeah, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't got the time. No, right, right, right. And then she met met up with Hayward, and. I want you to discuss Hayward and what your thoughts were on how he treated her and everything. Oh yeah, because we talked about this for just like a just a minute, like as we were watching it. But his demeanor in this whole scene made it seem like he's not really like. It's almost like he's a puppet for something else, like there's something else at play there, because. While it does, it is a very like stereotypical, like bad white guy in a suit that we've seen before. Like he was like aggressively manipulative and aggressively like pushy towards getting Wanda to, you know, see and do things. And uh, I don't know, that just doesn't sit right with me. I don't think that that's like their stereotypical bad guy. And then there's this, and then it's like, this is definitely something, I don't know, maybe I'm tripping, but I just felt like he's, it just seemed like he was under the uh, spell of someone else. Like someone else is commanding him and telling him what to do, like, or he's someone else in disguise, you know, uh, but whatever it is, he's just, he had it out for Wanda and, uh, you know, he like forces her to see that they're taking vision apart. And, you know, he's talking about how he's like a very powerful sentient weapon. And, uh, you know, uh, she he said he's not a him. weapon. Yeah. She said he's not a weapon. She wants to bury him. He's like, well, I can't like bury, you know, $3 billion worth of vibranium, which That's is fair. fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was wondering That's- why they, you know, well, not why, because I know why, but you could melt them down. You know, and become vibranium and still keep his 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 sentient nature, you know, like yeah, the vibranium, I don't think that the vibranium is like inseparable from the rest of him, maybe it is maybe I don't is. know, maybe um, it's like vibranium's a, weird, oh i th- I think it might be like his skeletal structure, it certainly could be, and they talked about how vibranium. Um, back in Black Panther, um, Claw was talking about they use vibranium in everything, like clothing, and mm. it's woven into their fabrics. Yep, yep. So there may not be a way to you know separate it. So at that point, it's interesting that he would say that because it no longer is vibranium, you know, per ounce or anything. It's not mm. really worth that much money. It's it's worth its money in technology. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, just a strange, strange scene because. He he almost like pushes the narrative that he wants right from the get go, which is to make her seem like a bad guy, though she's not. 
Like she's just going through some stuff and she needs to have closure. And it just seems like he, nobody in the world wants to help her find closure. And so she breaks the glass, jumps down and she sees, you know, she, she gets closer. She says something like, I can't feel you anymore or something like that. When she's like, yeah, I can't feel you. Yeah. She was going Um, over the, where the stone used to be. mm -hmm. And, uh, she just walks out. Right. She just leaves. She was actually quite level-headed in she that was. scene. She was like, right. I just really want to bury him. Um, and so I guess perhaps she was like holding it all in at that mm-hmm. moment. She wanted to act professional. She, yeah, at the end of the day, she's, it's her job sort of to be an Avenger. Mm-hmm. And so she doesn't want to act you know, crazy around these people, but he just kept pushing her and pushing her. And um, it, it was odd that he didn't even like say, actually, we are, we have vision here. It might be something that you're not, you know, prepared for. He was just like, oh, yeah, come on in. Yeah. Your uh, husband's and eight pieces. Yeah. Like he's <laughs> just know. chilling right there. Yeah. Um, and you could tell that? that they were trying to re, you know, f- figure something out. But then based off this scene, um, it definitely feels like they were trying to reanimate him. Uh, so that was, well, that, that leads us to, you know, uh, future talks. But in my opinion, his antagonistic ways was to try to get her to use her powers uh, in some way around that body to to make it reality again. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing that I feel like, because how else, like, okay, here's my thing. So for Hayward and Sword to know what they know, and I use air quotes for those that can't see, uh, they would have to have those files from Sokovia, from the Hydra headquarters, to understand that, oh, she got her powers from the Mind Stone. And, oh, hey, Vision was created by the Mind Stone, so they're connected. Which, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they have access to that. I think Tony Stark downloaded those files, if I remember right. But It's uh, possible. I feel like that might have been... Have kept them. They wouldn't have been... I mean, it's our common knowledge, but I wonder if it was just became common knowledge how she became powerful just because they are, like... You got to remember that these they're on the news. Like, yeah, every single right. time you look at a TV, right. they probably discussed it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if anybody knew, it would be Sword or Shield or... But, yeah, I mean, it's possible that they were just kind of, like, winging it and not sure what, what to expect. Right. The other thing, though, is it's very clear now that they are trying to rebuild vision and they're trying to uh use what he is because we all know and they know what ultron was capable of like ultron almost wiped out he he almost like thanos everyone before thanos even got here he tried he tried so uh and he's still somewhere I don't Ultron's got to be I don't around. Buy it, man. man. I, I can't. I can't buy that. I hope. I, it would be cool, but I. I He's just too big and bad to go down like that, man. For real. I, I, I mean, Loki didn't die. The, you know, like the first <laughs> Avengers movie. Yeah. Obviously, it's because they didn't really want to kill him, but whatever. But we'll see. yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's um. And I mean, we 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 know what Sword does. I mean, they they work and they study sentient beings sentient 
weapons. That's part of SWORD's acronym. So, um, I don't know, man. This is, uh, I mean, SWORD really isn't supposed to be like a villainous entity from my <laughs> well, knowledge. You, you know. know, like S.H.I.E.L.D. obviously was by default only because Hydra was working inside of shield it seems like hydra was never not in shield though that's what's a little bit that's it's a little sus right (laughs) you know it's built on the the heels of but also that might be a nod to you get a little deep here but like the nazi regime of of germany recruited some of the greatest scientists in the world which later became once they no longer had jobs yeah they just spread a around the world again and so you know obviously the united states regardless of the evil things that you've been a part of one of the best workers in any industry so yeah yeah there's plenty of people that had ties to uh, nazi regimes that ended up working in american science programs and you know universities and yeah nasa and all kinds of cool things that we do here um that you know it just that's what happens yeah, I mean, that's kind of crazy, right? I mean, these guys went from working on V2 rockets to, you know, V8 helping engines. develop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, helping develop uh, what would become like the moon mission. Yeah, should have had like a that, V8. Which is crazy, crazy. But um, I, I don't know, man. It just seems kind of uh, odd. Like, it almost makes me think that there really is something else going on here. Like, maybe... Hydra found its way into sword or I wouldn't doubt it. That's for sure. Sword. Oh no, absolutely. Not. Cause like, dude, if anybody's good at working covertly, it's, it's Hydra. They've done it for like 80 years now. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, after the debacle with Hayward, she's ticked and she, well, sad. No, not, she, I wouldn't she's say upset. upset. Yeah. She's not happy with how that went down. And she goes back to her car. And I understand why you corrected me because of the scene coming up. She There's an envelope, a manila, whatever, envelope on her passenger seat. And she picks it up and looks at it. We don't know what it says. Instinctively, I was like, oh, that must be a, a directions or a postcard or something to go to Westview. Um, I'm sort of right. She makes her way to New Jersey. She drives to Westview. We see the sign that uh, we see that starts off the series mm-hmm. um, with Wu and, and Monica. And she drives around all these little areas that we've seen in the show so far and sees all these characters that we've known so far. And before we get into where she ends up, um, the one curious thing to me was that they'd highlighted a lot of the characters that are in the show, but it did leave out the one person that I have some suspicions of, Dottie. Um, just because she's been a little bit more coherent, it seems, than others. She had that moment where, you know, the thing breaks and mm. almost, it seemed like for a moment she was like, oh, I'm talking to Wanda. And then all of a sudden she like goes back into character. And so I've been suspicious. We didn't see Dottie there originally. Now, we didn't see the husband that choked on whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we saw Norm either, to be honest. Mm-mm. So, you know, there's people there that were a part of this whole thing. But also, Norm talked about being almost kidnapped because he said he's away from his family. So 
it's possible maybe he was like taken from somewhere else or so I don't know what do you think these people were semi planted here or do you think they're like citizens of Westview or like what I think where do these people just, come from I think there's they're uh they're just citizens of Westview I do find it odd that like every couple that we've seen in the show was split in that scene you're right. Nobody Dottie, was together. But he saw his husband, or her, her husband. Hu- yeah, the and he's like stapling the like guy that sounds like sign this or something with the cat. We didn't see uh, the guy that choked, but we saw. Yeah, his, we saw his wife, Kitty, Kitty or whatever Kitty her name is show. in the series. Uh, I think her name what Deborah Joe Rupp, something like that. Um, Works for me. Uh, <laughs> we saw Herb. Uh, and the other guy, the guy that works in the office with with Vision. Um, can't remember his name, but we saw him too. Um, oh wait, are you talking about Norm? Is that because I didn't? Name? I didn't notice him. Was he a part of that scene? The one that like he uh, he he's like of Indian descent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then that's that is a eyes in ears perk up for me because Dottie was the only one that wasn't in that scene then. Yeah, and neither and, was and neither was the husband. Well, neither was Agatha. Neither no, was Agatha. I mean Dottie's husband was in there. The the, the first husband, Mister Hart. Yes. 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 Uh, So, I don't know if there's something there, but but I think it's it points to something, doesn't it? Everything has to point to something. No, no, no. I'm I'm not like in a big overarching thing, but like a a theme, right? Because these are people that have families, but yet when we see them in this scene, they're alone. Much like Wanda is alone. So, I think that's what that's pointing at. Do. Okay, so let's let's get to. She's driving around. We see all these people. We see all these places. It's an interesting thought. She reveals when she's standing in front of the the property. Um, this it was a property, an empty property. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a deed to a house that Vision had. Uh, we assume he purchased, um, and or was given to whatever uh, for them to grow old together. That was his note, and. She looks at this thing. What's that? With a heart. Yes, with a heart. Ties back to episode one. (laughs) Um, That's true. Yeah. Um, And she basically stood in that property and lost it. She was sad, um, probably imagining all that could have been. And in that moment, that sadness turned to vicious anger. And she exploded with power, raw power. Um chaos magic if you will and she revealed a house um the house that we see in episode one and she wasn't done there she had her house and you know guess who was there vision she recreated vision now we were led to believe through by hayward possibly as a way to divert attention towards her being a villain a bad person that she stole Vision. But now we are starting to realize if this is true and this is really how it happened, it truly was an accident that came strictly out of bad feelings and sorrow and depression and anger. And then she created all of Westview, um, recreated all of Westview. It already had bones and structure and everything. Um, but we see Westview as it cur- as it was in episode one uh, once Wanda kind of explodes with this natural raw power 
And so, yeah, I guess my first question is based off of what you just said, do you think she turned her love of vision into a town full of happy families? It's possible. Um, because that's what you see in sitcoms. Uh, you know, uh, there's a sitcom actually that my dad would watch, uh, that like I would kind of watch with him just a little bit. And I actually kind of liked it. It was funny stuff like that. It's a newer one. Uh, I think it's called the neighborhood. It's got like Cedric the entertainer. Uh, Oh yeah. yeah, From, uh, uh, what's the show? New girl. Oh, don't get us. Don't do this. Don't ask questions about (laughs) this. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny and like quirky or whatever, but like, I'm not a sitcom guy, but like, I, I kind of liked that one. It was funny, but that's the whole thing is that it's families next to each other. So maybe she did create this hex. And that's what kind of what I was thinking is maybe that she did create this hex. And then that automatically like paired people together because she's pairing yeah, herself. That's what with I was vision. wondering. Right. Um, that's intriguing because yeah, when we saw that, that shot of her driving through Westview, all of those people that were in relationships in the hex weren't they were split up flying solo dolo yes. yes but to your point of dotty uh a friend of mine on facebook pointed out maybe that she could be clea and if that's the case it works one million percent does this work and i will tell you why so like you were saying you felt like she had an important piece to the puzzle because of her kind of breaking through that fourth wall in a way, when the glass broke. The only other person to do that has been Agatha. Why? Because she's a witch. Clea is a witch. Also, Clea is, in some stories, the love interest of Doctor Strange, who's making an appearance in this And he's single. He's single. (laughs) (laughs) So, it could easily be that that way. We'll see. But, you know... I don't know. All I can think of is ludicrous because, you know, he, he got girls in every area code, so to speak. <laughs> Dr. Strange Dr. in every Strange reality. reality. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I, I think I think we could see something with Dottie. I feel like where there's a bad witch, there's always a good witch. Mm-hmm. I feel like every story of witches ever has the bad witch and the good witch. And I feel like she, well, not only does she look exactly like Glinda the good witch from the Wizard of Oz, Ah, but yeah. you know that's it just works like it makes sense to me and of course like they would project her as like the evil like leader of the neighborhood to try to push um d- distrust towards her with um if Agatha with Wanda. is the one running that whole thing then yeah that makes sense and why would Agatha to to keep her cover you know she would just be a part of the 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 team and let somebody else you know take over um now the interesting thing there would be do they know each other are witches i don't know this is where this gets complicated i would assume right you would think so and they're both like fighting to be the better actor or actress um that could be i don't know that might be too much because we got so many players going on here um, and I'd actually like to discuss next episode in our next podcast episode as a runner-up. Um, 
and leave this episode. Like a preview. Yes. We'll do ah, a preview of the final episode. Yeah, gotcha. Um, just so everybody that's like excited about the next episode, we can give you guys um, thoughts. Two different things to, li- to listen to, as well as just a more centralized version of what's to come. So we'll, we'll wrap up this episode and then go on to the next one. Um, so we won't get too deep into our theories here, but yeah, I'm just intrigued. I'm very intrigued to see if Dottie has any significance here. I feel like at the very least they made her a main character for a reason. Like there's something there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we haven't seen her for a little bit other than just this little cameo in the past episode. Yeah. I feel like there might, might be something there. I don't know. Yeah. It's been um, a while. but ultimately we're on the plot of land and it becomes a house and vision Vision appears. He's real now. Mm-hmm. And, it's and like basically it leads stuff. straight into episode exactly. one. And then last episode, of course, we saw um, all the timelines are starting to fit because Agatha um, fl- flies down into Westview into the next um, door you know, house. She's the next door neighbor. And she pops in in the first episode to introduce herself as her next door neighbor to the right. My right, not yours. I think is how she says <laughs> yeah, yeah. it. Um, and so... It all makes sense now because every timeline is adding up. We're getting, we're understanding everything. And it actually kind of sums up how short this whole thing has been. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not much time. We've only passed like a few days in the reality of um, the real world that we have going on in the MCU, which they may kind of do to slow down time since they're five out or five years ahead. They might start like slowing it down a little bit. Um, but man, it's it's been a blast. Um, that was that was the most of the episode, but then we were left off with um, one special teaser at the end. If you'd like to discuss um, what was going on there, yeah. So like the little teaser at the end. So the very end, we see like Agatha with like these like restraints on the kids, and she's like holding Wanda like hostage, and she says like, "Your magic is like chaos magic, and you can't be controlled, and you don't even know how powerful you are." You're a danger, uh, and you are the Scarlet Witch, which is where she finally, for the first time in the MCU, gets the name Scarlet Witch. Such a cool uh, moment. Very, very cool moment. Iconic. Um, but then we get the end credit scene, and this is the second week in a row we have an end credit scene. Yes. And we see Hayward, uh, and his plan is coming to fruition, yeah. and we are left to see that it is a second vision. They have created a second vision. Using the power source of Wanda Mm -hmm. because she was, I don't even know, I guess she destabilized the drone that they sent in and threw it at them and then forgot her power was still emanating from it. So they used that power source. Now they got a vision up and running. Which... Her power comes from the mind stone. Right. So it's it's effectively it's it's vision. Um, That's pretty exciting. Um, I know you're probably itching to get into what may come of that. um, And we'll discuss that next episode. But just to kind of wrap up that um, and this entire thing, what 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 does this episode leave you with? What what was your last thoughts when that thing clicked off and you're like, what did we just watch? Like what what's what's in your brain? With the end credit scene in particular? Everything. Um, anything. What with the it's end credit scene, I would say that the biggest thing is that they're kind of like making a connection from Hayward to a character called uh Immortus. Um 
which is picking up where Kang the Conqueror would be. Because if I'm if I'm right, Immortus is like a different version of Nathaniel Richards, who is Kang the Conqueror. So can't wait for him. Um like this 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 could be pretty big. Um I mean it's not saying that he is it's just they're making that connection of a storyline of like, oh yeah, we're gonna pull from this source material. Uh because yeah, it's like a deconstructed vision that's been reconstructed to do uh bad things, basically, or carry out someone else's will. But the thing with that is, will he? Because we know that like vision is a compilation of ideas and that he also has his own mind in a way right i guess the question is how much of the original vision is in this vision right because if they mind wiped him and then you know basically implanted code in him because he's basically just a computer right you really think about it but the real vision is a computer that has the consciousness of a being so like he's got his own thoughts and his own ideas and like his own will. But like if they strip that of this other vision, then he's just a super powerful being that is doing a the weapon. will of someone else. Exactly. He's a sentient weapon. The more I think about <laughs> it, the more confused I get because I'm like, so the real vision is technically like the white vision because it's his body, but the real emotionally like uh it's consciousness yeah but even like that's not him in the hex because she created him from her brain her mind mm-hmm. he is what she perceives him to be but he's also his own thing now because he's picking things up as he's going along like when yes talking but to how real him. is that is what we don't know because he can't survive outside the he hex. can't leave the hex the because with he it, is that's He's what's really conv- created by so her. his, and I guess we'll get into this more f- like further, but I guess the, just wrapping up this thought, notice how, when he left the hex, he, he could never completely leave, you know, the no. tethers of the hex because that fuels who he is. It is, it's literally what he is. It's not just a power source. It is him. Mm-hmm. So I guess that makes sense. His body. Now this is where it gets crazy. The white vision is the only vision. Yeah. Because he's the only one that's the only actually one left. using his body. Because he can exist outside the hex. Oh, I can't wait till next episode. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna spend a few days putting Woo. together every thought to yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That blew your mind. I yeah. Uh, we should probably we should shoot that like Tuesday or something and have every <laughs> theory we we can think of and then explode into a microphone for half an hour, an oh, hour. It's gonna be fun. And yeah, we're gonna treat this last episode like this is going to be great, man. And this is the the last of the first to come, you know? We should do it on a Thursday afternoon. Okay. Yeah, because we kind of messed up. I think we should stay up and watch it. I should Friday. be able to do that next Friday. Yeah. And then... I think we should do something live as well next yeah, Friday. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. I'm cool with that. I'm super excited. I mean, this is like... This is almost like its own last movie, you know? Mm-hmm. It's if it's close to an hour, then it's a long time. Um, yeah, dude, I'm I'm so excited. And uh all the theory like when we talk about this stuff, we we always end up with like more questions than answers, <laughs> which is great because that's the point of this. It's to have fun and and never have your answers um uh, completely, you know, put together 
until maybe the final saga uh, or the final episode of a saga. Mm-hmm. So we know that this is not the end. Um, this is only the beginning of the next storyline. So Doctor Strange and Spider-Man are all tethered together with with uh, Scarlet Witch and Ooh, or WandaVision, I should say. On you for yeah, the people, I, I hope so. so. Um, mm. And I can't wait to hear it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, we really appreciate appreciate all the support. Uh, if anybody's you know still listening at this point of the episode, every single minute that you guys listen to is you know another two minutes that we're motivated to to do for you guys. Oh, so dude, just uh, catch us in any form you know of comments that you want. Leave us reviews and and give us five stars if you feel like we we deserve it. Um, we'll talk to you soon, and thanks for listening. Peace.